God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right, welcome to another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. I hope everyone has gotten their first edition limited run of the IOK t-shirts that are now available. You can follow the links on our socials to find out where to get them. Instagram, Twitter, you will find links to them being sold through Everpress. And uh, they're nice shirts. And you want to impress your buddies at the barbecue? Boom, we got the shirt for you. You want to get the big promotion at work? Boom, wear the shirt on Monday. You want to have your partner be naked with you again? We got the answer. It's the IOK OG logo shirt for sale now. Do the right thing. Get that shirt, baby. Dude, do you think those Supreme shirts are limited? Fuck Supreme, dude. These are limited. You'll be one of only a few people in the entire world. What is there, 7 billion people in the world? You'll be like 42 people out of 7 billion with this shirt, dude. You're There's more kings that rule countries then you'll then have the shirt hmm so i mean what do you want to do what do you want to do it's up to you do you want your life to be the most special thing it possibly can be or do you just want it to be humdrum do you want it to be humdrum don't order the shirt don't order this dude i'm doing this don't order the shirt keep that humdrum come Oh, boy. Here it is. Well, listen. (laughs) Keep that humdrum coming. Make things special for yourself. You can support us on Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash I-O-K, where you will get access to the Secret Weekly. And for all of you patrons out there and future patrons, you can now get the Secret Weekly every week, an extra five to ten minutes, sometimes 20 minute things that we cannot put on the normal episodes. You can get those in whatever podcast app that you use on your phone through an RSS feed. It's two clicks away and you're getting the secret weekly right there where you get everything else. So we appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys. What are we talking about today? What's going on in your world? Well, I watched Sound of Music for the, I don't know, umpteenth time. I like that, I like that there's a word like umpteenth where you're not really sure if you've watched it five times or 150 times, umpteenth really could mean any number. Like if somebody's like, hey, how big is your dick? You go, mm, it's umpteenth inches. Right. And then they're like, what? Is that even possible? How many times have you masturbated since you were 12 years old? Mm, somewhere between zero umpteenth. and umpteenth. <laughs> <laughs> umpteenth is right in the middle of zero and all the numbers forever yeah infinity teenth well i still haven't seen it i need to see it the sound of music yeah still haven't seen it man i'm telling you talk about hitting the fucking jackpot dude let's just dissect the song do re mi first of all you gotta go do re mi fa sol la ti do you gotta hit all those notes in a song Mm -hmm. and they do it Dude, when they fucking cracked that riddle on that song, I'm like, you know they were fucking just over the moon. But then they also have dewdrops on roses and 
fine kelp, kind fine copper kettles. These are a few of my favorite things. Boom, 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 boom. When the dog bites, when the fuck fell, boom, boom, ding, ding, ding. Dude, that shit is fucking good. And then you got Edelweiss, which is a little bit, a little bit sketchy. But that's amazing. Then you got the sound of music. The hills are alive with the sound of music. I'm telling you, man. Is that Oscar and Hammerstein? Whoever those dudes were, they fucking (sighs) killed it with that music, dude. Yep, it's fucking Oscar and Hammerstein. These motherfuckers, dude. Oh, no, it's it's Rodgers and Hammerstein. It's Oscar Hammerstein and Richard Rodgers. <laughs> Lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein. Dude, what if your name was Oscar Hammerstein? Oh, this is I'm Okay, You're Okay with me, your host, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Oscar Hammerstein. If your name's Oscar Hammerstein, you're either writing lyrics for classic films or you're starring in porno. The end. Dude, you're either starring in porno, writing fucking The Sound of Music, or killing yourself. Jesus Christ, dude. That dude had to do it. And then Richard Rogers, Dick Rogers. That's, that's also you, that's also you're either writing lyrics or you're doing porn. <laughs> Dick Rogers is like, well, I must I must practice my piano <laughs> or my father will beat me to death. I must go to composition class immediately, post haste. Right. Let's see what other movies these guys did. Because these oh Oscar Hammerstein is not a good looking man. Neither is Charles Rogers. Dude, that's the other thing, dude. I'm as good as I can possibly be and be this good looking. No, I I'm telling you, dude, you can't find another singer-songwriter who's this good looking who's written as many good songs as I have. Now you can find somebody who's smaller, shorter, uglier, shittier looking. And they've written better songs than me. But dude... I do feel like Bob, young Bob Dylan... I feel like Bob Dylan, 64 to 77, was attractive. No, he, was a, he had a very not as cool attractive look. as me. He had a very cool that, look. There's only, there's only one person that was more attractive than me when they were younger. Not now, of course. But okay. they're not writing shit now anyways. It doesn't matter. Who? There's only one person that was as good looking as me that wrote arguably a few songs that are better than my best songs. Now, over the course of their career, I've written many, many more songs than they have that are much better than their worst songs. But their best songs are better than my best songs. And that person is James Taylor. Was, he good, was he good looking? Oh, I don't look think he him. was. I know what he looks Dude, like. Dude, look at him when he was shooting fucking heroin into his penis and fucking all the bitches. Yeah, yeah, late 60s. That dude was hot. Then he lost his hair and he got less hot. So here's what here's what these guys wrote. Uh, Richard Rogers and Hammerstein. They did Oklahoma, Carousel, South Pacific, The King and I, and The Sound of Music. Just The King and I and The Sound of Music. Forget it. Forget it, dude. Well, there are two movies that like are classic movies that when you tell people you haven't seen them, people are like, "Dude, you got to see it." Like Sound of Music that I have seen. I had two different experiences. One was Citizen Kane, and at the end of Citizen Kane, I thought one of the most overrated movies ever. Not a big Orson Welles guy. I thought Citizen Kane was pretty boring. But but second experience, though, Casablanca. Loved every second of it. Like, when I finished Casablanca, I was like, 
This is why it's Casablanca. This movie was right. great. Right. So sometimes those classics are just hit or miss. Well, you got to look at, you know, when they came out. I know, you got to, but I didn't do that with Casablanca. I didn't give Casablanca any passes because of when it came out. It was just a timeless, great movie. Now, maybe Citizen Kane was a big fucking deal in the 40s or 50s or whenever. And I get the whole Orson Welles deal. All right, well, let, let let me tell you what the deal is. Citizen Kane came out in 1941. Okay. Casablanca came out a year later. But if you look at Casablanca, you think, oh, this movie was made like 30 years after Citizen Kane was made. Because Citizen Kane seems like, it feels like an old movie. I like old Casa, movies, though. Casablanca, I know, but Casablanca doesn't feel like an old movie. Like, the cinematography in Casablanca is way better. Like, it just has a much richer, more beautiful look. And I would say, too, it's just more charming in every way. Citizen Kane is like a dark, meditative, you know, mysterious rumination on this one dude's, like, kind of crazy life. Like, okay, give me Apocalypse Now. Give me Deer Hunter. Give me, give me any movie like that. But... It's too self-involved. It's too. It's too Orson Wellesy. Casablanca. I don't know. Is that right. Franz Capra? I don't even know who did Casablanca. I just know it was a great, uh, charming movie that I loved. That made me proud to be alive, and it made me believe in magic and hope and shit. Michael Curtis directed Casablanca. Or like, uh, I'll, I'll take have a, you heard us, Michael Curtis? <laughs> but, no, I haven't. <laughs> he ain't trying to hurt us, Michael Curtis. Um, He's trying to hurt us with something. Nerdist. I'll tell you a movie I saw that everyone talked about. It, it couldn't have sounded more boring to me, but then I watched it, blew my mind. On the Waterfront, Brando. And you liked it. I loved it. It won like 10 Oscars. You yeah. got to check those movies out, man. I did a whole noir thing. I watched all the noir movies from the 40s and 50s, culminating in Chinatown, Polanski's Chinatown, which I absolutely adored. But dude, the Maltese Falcon. Dude, I just tried to watch Chinatown again because everybody's like, oh, Chinatown, Chinatown, Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, whatever, uh-uh. whatever. I know. Well, I mean, people are going to say that when you say Citizen Kane too. But you know how, like, like people listen to Journey and they're like, I don't like his voice, or they'll listen to Tom Waits, I don't like his voice. I'm like, okay, if you don't like his voice, if there's something about Chinatown that bugs me, or something about Citizen Kane that bugs you, no amount of like, oh, but you should take into consideration this i'm like no what's the deal you're not a a nicholson guy i love nicholson but actually maybe i don't (laughs) i mean i thought he was great in one flew over the cuckoo's nest and he's amazing in the shining and and uh as good as it gets he he's done a lot of great movies but like there's a bunch of movies where he's kind of ridiculous the main one being uh the irishman He's ridiculous in that. Uh, I think you're talking about The Departed? The Departed. I mean, <laughs> he's not yeah. in The Irishman. Yeah, I The mean, Departed, dude, he's ridiculous. Easy that, Rider. That movie's, that movie's so much better if you have almost anybody else as that role. Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces. Yeah. No, I don't know about Five Easy Pieces either, but Easy Rider, he's great. Few Good he Men, does, Batman. He does this thing where he does a lot of overacting. I didn't like him in Batman. Did you ever see The Witches of Eastwick? It's so yeah. fun with Cher and Michelle Pfeiffer. That movie's fun and it's that's kind of a comic book anyway. It is. So yeah, he's yeah. he's fine in that. Man, I wonder what it is you don't like about China. I I'll, I will confess to you. I have not seen Chinatown in maybe 8 or 9 years and I I was I do feel like I was kind of a different person when I saw it and I was 
I was sort of really first exploring movies in, in a serious way for the first time. And so I, so many things were new to me and I was just soaking it. I mean, I remember watching, I, I think I did all of Polanski's shit in like in the same week on tour. So I did Repulsion and I did The Tenant. I did Rosemary's Baby, Chinatown. And I, I was just sort of in love with noir shit at the time. So I, I wonder if I would watch it now. I just know more now. And when you know more, you have to stack it up against what you know. And maybe it doesn't hold up against what I know now. And maybe Citizen Kane would surprise me now. I don't know. Well, I think it's all about expectations, dude. When you have super high expectations of something going in, even if it's really good, you're going to be like, eh, it wasn't great. You're more like that than me, though. I desperately want things to be great. And when they are, when they do seem to be as great as people say, it makes me happy to say it was as good as it. Like, people ask me a lot on the Metallica podcast. This is where you and I are kind of different. People ask me, like, what, what favorite music do you like? All of my answers are, like, the biggest bands in the world. Like, I don't have a lot of cool answers for that. You know, I love Quentin Tarantino movies. You know what I mean? Like, I love Alfred Hitchcock movies. I just love all the biggest, most popular shit ever. So, yeah, I mean, I do, too, with the exception of, like, some of the biggest movies of all time, which were, like, The Avengers. But I even, like, when Titanic came out, I thought, oh, this is a pretty good movie. I haven't. I've never seen it. I've not seen it since I saw it in the theater. Me but neither. I remember. Yeah, me neither. I remember liking it. I remember liking Avatar when I saw it in the theater. I've never wanted to watch that movie. I again. fell asleep in the theater at that one. But like movies, like um, it's funny that you named two James Cameron movies in a row. I wonder if you intended to do that. No, those are two of the biggest movies of all time. Because right. you're you're saying, oh, I like the biggest. I like the the stuff everybody likes. I'm like, yeah, right. I I. I of course, like a lot of, there's a reason why certain movies do really well because they're amazing and lovely and wonderful to watch. But then there's stuff that's, you know, lowest common denominator that's a little rough. I would put that as more like the Twilight movies, which everybody quote unquote loved. The Avengers. Well, except for the critics. The critics did not like those. I'm movies. talking about just people. I'm not about pop, pop culture. You know, uh, well, kids went and watched Twilight movies, but I don't think adult. I never saw a single Twilight movie because I was a fucking straight up bawling <laughs> adult, dude. <laughs> well, let's try to figure out what was it about Chinatown? Is it is it is it Ro Roman Polanski's reputation as a? I don't like Roman Polanski. I think he's a fucking pervy pedophile right, right. dick. So I wonder so, if that went into uh, it. Well, but I also saw The Pianist recently, which is incredible i still haven't seen that it's one of the it's just one of the best movies about the holocaust it just really brings home how terrible it was i really don't like world war ii holocaust movies i really avoid them <laughs> <laughs> well yeah dude it was a terrible time it was not history's brightest no, but moment dude, people are obsessed with world war ii think look at all the movies that come out about world war ii over and over and over and over people's obsession with nazism and you know the holocaust well there's there's some incredible movies that i've seen about that but i mean I, it's not like i'm dying to see another world war ii movie i love good movies and if it's i don't really care what the subject matter is as long as it's good i love when i see something magical and mysterious and wonderful and then it just makes me feel happy to be a human being yeah like when I hear a song or see a movie or a piece of art that's so original and so comes from out of 
nowhere. And then I go, oh, I'm I'm one of the species of the person that made that thing. It makes me feel so good. And I don't give a fuck, dude, what gender somebody is. Dude, if you think I give a fuck what gender somebody is who made the art, then you don't know who I am. And if you care what the gender is of the person who made the art, then you're the problem, not me. If you care what the gender is of the human being that made the art, G F capital Y. I'll, I'll tell you the only time I care. And it's not because I think what you're trying to talk about, which I agree with you is when some, when the Academy is more likely to give the award to a female because she's female. Like if you care in that way and you let your perception of whether or not the movie was good, get poisoned by if they had a dick or not, then that's bullshit. But, but an example where I do care, where I think I, where I find it just merely interesting is a book like American psycho, which when it came out in the early nineties was like the early nineties was another like wave of PC culture. I don't know if you remember that, but like shit was getting censored and the Tipper Gore stuff. And there was a huge outrage about American psycho because of the way it, the women are treated in it. Women are just, it's about a serial killer in New York who preys on women. So when that movie finally got made, which they, you know, they called that kind of like Cronenberg's uh, or like a, um, who's the dude who wrote Naked Lunch? William Burroughs. When Cronenberg did Naked Lunch, they were like, that book is unfilmable. How are you going to do it? American Psycho was like that. They were like, how are you going to film it? Well, the two people who made the movie, the executive producer and the director were women. Mary Heron made that movie. And I find that interesting. I find it interesting that almost to your point that out of all the political hoopla about men and women and gender and feminism and violence against women, that it was actually a strong artistic auteur woman who wanted to make the film because she understood the novel. That's interesting to me. Now, Why? should it win in a, because it seems to fly in the face of like what the narrative was, which was you cannot like this, this story if you're a woman. And a woman director was like, not only do I think the novel like has a lot of artistic merit, I want to bring it to the film. I think her being a woman isn't neutral or happenstance. I think that is an interesting part of the story of the making of that movie because of its history with gender. But that's the only way that I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that Woody Allen made so many great movies about women. I think that's fascinating. You look at a movie like Interiors, Hannah and Her Sisters, um, Another Woman, September. Oh, actually, a lot of his more auteur Ingmar Bergman ripoff movies that a lot of people didn't see. Interiors is about these three sisters that are just trying to deal with their mom going crazy. You know, it's a it's a it's the movie he made after Annie Hall because Annie Hall was so successful that the studio basically was like, do whatever you want. And it's the first time he made a drama. Did you ever see Interiors? I'm sure I saw it. But again, my point is, is it good or not? I don't care who made it. Well, I'm, I know a human yeah. I know a human being made it. I don't care what they look like. Is it good? Oh, it's good? I'll watch it. Oh, it's not good? Probably not going to watch it. It shouldn't it shouldn't care in your estimation of whether or not it's good. But it is it can be interesting who made it depending on what it is. Catherine Bigelow making Zero Dark 30 is interesting to me. Gritty war movie. You just don't see it a lot. It's interesting. Does it make it good? No. 
Does it make it bad that it's a woman? Oh, women can't depict violence and war. No, that's fucking stupid too. But the fact that it is a, a male dominated industry and she's had to like a little fucking flower growing through the concrete, her getting to that level and finally winning an Oscar, winning best director or best picture, whatever it won. I, I think that story is cool and interesting. Yeah. I don't care. Also, it's just hard to make a film. So mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. hard for a man to make a film and Almost it's hard impossible. for a woman to make a film. Almost impossible. So again, oh, it's so hard for a woman to make a film. Oh, it's so hard for a man to make a film. But it's easier for a man? I, is it? It for sure is. Why? Because men are taken more seriously. By who? By Hollywood. By the industry. Well, maybe 50 years ago. I don't think that's the case now. Well, even if it was just 50 years ago, there is definitely a an industry-wide ripple effect. If, if there was no interest in cultivating women doing those jobs 50 years ago, that bleeds into now. Those things take generations to level. When somebody makes a big deal about somebody's gender or their race, I'm like, why are you doing it? What, what's up with that? Yeah. Oh, well, I know, Cause, why, cause I know it why they do it. Because, because here's the reason. What gender or race you are does not make you good or bad at what you do. What makes you good or bad at what you do is how good or bad you are at what you do. It has nothing to do with your race or gender. There are two reasons that people make a big deal out of it. One is dubious and one I think is with good intentions. The dubious one is their posturing or virtue signaling and uh, exploiting a cultural moment to make themselves look woke or hip or sympathetic or whatever the fuck it is. That's all bullshit. And if you're using what's happening in this cultural moment to just for your own political or social cachet, fuck you. But people with good intentions, which doesn't make it right, and I still think that they're wrong to do it, but the good intentions would be they really are trying to offset a history that's provable with evidence of marginalization of people of color or women in an industry. They're just trying to offset. You know, people like me and you that don't have a problem with gender or race from the get-go, we just want it to be good. We we get, we tire of that narrative. You know, the Oscars so white stuff and everyone's going to vote on 12 Years a Slave even though they didn't see it because it's, it's you know, what's that director's name? Uh, Steve, Steve McQueen's Time. Or we're going to vote for Black Panther because it's Ryan Coogler's Time. I thought Black Panther was awful and I, I couldn't understand why... It was even in the running for Best Picture. Well, I, I didn't think it was that bad of a film. I thought it was actually pretty good in terms of the Marvel movies. I thought it was better than most and not as good as the best. Now, should it have gotten such high ratings? No. Did it get such high ratings because it was Black Panther? Yeah. Same with Wonder Woman. Dude, when Wonder Woman came out, that first one, it got such high ratings. And I went to see that movie. That movie was pure shit. But it came out at a time when if you said anything bad about Wonder Woman, you were straight up canceled, dude. Well, Brady Sinellis got into big trouble with that, specifically about Catherine Bigelow, because he basically said, I didn't think that movie should have won the Oscar. And I think it only won the Oscar because Catherine Bigelow is a woman. Which movie? Zero, Zero Dark Thirty? Yeah. It was a fucking great movie. Yeah. Fucking great movie. And I think the point, the larger point you and I are let's making see, is... Well, it, let's, let's, let's see who else was, was up for the Oscar that year. 
Um, Zero Dark Thirty. What year would that have been? 2012? Oscar. It won Best Picture in 2013. 2013. So it came out in 2012. Wow, I can't believe I got that right. Um, Okay, what was it up against? It won Best Sound Editing. No, so in 2012, it was nominated for Best Picture in Argo one best picture yeah i remember argo i saw argo with you in the theater it looks like zero dark 30 just won best sound editing but it was nominated so, for best oh picture, yeah so nominated right nominated for jessica chastain best actress nominated for screenplay nominated for editing all right my ex-wife's husband is one of the stars of argo yeah i remember and and i liked argo i yeah. thought it was a i thought it was a fine film yeah maybe ben affleck's worst film but a fine film, nonetheless. Well, he I directed think, it. I, I did, think. Ben, did he win? I know. Did he win Best Director for that? I doubt it. So, but listen to this. Listen to the other films that didn't win, that were better than Argo. And I hate to say it, Beast of the Southern Wild. Okay, didn't like it. Incredible film, amazing. Loved it. Django Unchained. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Film. Amazing. Maybe the best film about slavery in terms of how horrific it was life of pi okay film lincoln i hated it god it was so boring i thought lincoln was great okay i thought it was great i, I just watched it again recently les mis terrible didn't even see it silver linings playbook loved really it good film loved it david really o russell film. yeah i loved that zero dark 30 now of all of those films if i was gonna give out best film i'd give it to django and chain here's the thing i'm talking about though i made a i made a mistake that i i'm i wonder if some of our listeners caught early and have been screaming so the Catherine bigelow film i'm talking about is the hurt locker which won six oh. oscars oh, okay it, what year was the hurt locker? the hurt locker was 2008 so it won best picture best director Catherine bigelow best screenplay best film editing best sound mixing best sound editing and it was nominated for it was nominated for eight Oscars, won five. All right. Well, here, here, here's here's no, why six. He's, Jesus. Yeah. Well, that that's this is what the fucking Oscars do. They do this thing where they're like, we're not racist, we're not sexist, and then they go overboard. They did it. They've just done it a couple times where you're just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You guys like you're proving your point by what you're doing and they did it that year you're right with the hurt locker because what else was it up against can you see inglorious bastards oh my god should have fucking won and if that didn't win give it to district nine because that fucking movie was amazing i liked district nine and it was good to see a horror movie get that far up that's only happened a few times with the exorcist with silence the, of the lambs the other movie that was that was also nominated was up which is a beautiful Pixar, yeah, fucking that was Pixar movie. Yeah, I agree. Now, Pixar is never going to win Best Picture, even though they routinely make the Best Picture of the year. Now, The Hurt Locker was good, but I mean, Inglorious Bastards was amazing. That whole just the opening scene from Inglorious Bastards, one of the best opening scenes ever. Now, hopefully, he at least won for screenplay on that. Mm, uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Catherine Bigelow did Near Dark, Point Break, Strange Days, The Widowmaker, The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty in Detroit. I've only seen, I've only seen Zero Dark Thirty in Hurt Locker. I haven't seen any of the other ones. Near Dark's good. It's a horror movie. And was she married to uh, James Cameron? James Cameron. 
married in 1989, divorced in 1991. That lasted two years. Dude, people are listening to I'm okay, you're okay. And what they're doing, they they came here for the laughs. And what they're getting is the fucking 411. He won screenplay for Pulp Fiction and Django. He did not win for Inglorious Bastards. He's only won two Oscars. Never best director. Amazing. <laughs> they need to just go back. They just the Academy needs to just go back and go. Hey, man, we fucked up. We're giving you Oscars for all your shit. Well, I mean, here's his here's his reward. Here's his great reward. You know, is when he's finally done and said and done, he will be one of the most iconic, iconoclast, talked about, remembered directors of all time. That's yeah. better than an Oscar. No, he's in there. He's you've got Scorsese, Hitchcock. You got the, you got the Coen Brothers. You've got De Palma. Hitchcock, absolutely. No, fuck the Palma. The Palma can GFY, dude. All right. GFY on De Palma. We'll have to move on because uh, I could argue about that for a long time. So if you so if you've Coppola, you have Spielberg, you have George Lucas. Now I don't like Star Wars, but he's usually in that pantheon of Scorsese, Coppola. I mean, just because he ma- just because he made Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, those two movies. Same with coppola i mean he made godfather one and two and apocalypse and, uh, now apocalypse now because he made those three movies you got to give him you got to put him up there even though he made a ton of shit after that but he really can't hang with scorsese i mean i think you have tarantino scorsese hitchcock well, scorsese's been making pure shit recently but but he's probably made 15 great movies though not and three. spielberg you got to put spielberg in there because spielberg. he made all those great movies he made initially. a bunch of shit too but yeah i he's, mean yeah he gets a pass from me for jaws just for Jaws, let alone E.T. and forget it. Dude, all of it. Like everything he made up until uh, Minority Report was great. War of the Worlds was terrible. Whenever War of the Worlds came out, he's never recovered from that. Saving Private Ryan, dude. Give it up. Yeah. Got to give it Incredible. up. Give it up. Listen, we got to get out of here, dude. Thanks for all the support. We love you guys out there. We'll see you in a couple of days on a fresh new episode. Go check out our other podcasts. You know what they're called. Go support us by leaving the positive review. Hop on that Patreon train. We'll dip in now to the Secret Weekly. We'll see you on the flippity floppity bye. Peace. (laughs) 